When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is David and today we are continuing our series of FPL Scout Report videos where we have a look at new players coming to the Premier League, some players who've changed one Premier League club for another and in some cases new managers at those clubs as well. And today we are going to be having a look at one James Madison who has made a very high profile move in the Premier League ahead of the new campaign, leaving behind Leicester after five years of service there to join Tottenham Hotspur for roughly £40 million, which in the current market could argue is a little bit of a value move for Spurs. And so the big question on everybody's lips is, is he going to be a key FPL player for the new season? And the signs are already encouraging, bearing in mind that this is a man that we've all owned at various points in the last couple of years. Ten goals, uh, nine assists and 30 Premier League uh, appearances for Leicester this season, despite Leicester not really being very good and getting relegated as well. So it's promising signs. But let's dive into a little bit more information on that. And before we do that, I do just want to point everybody back to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk, uh, the website that is, and the editorial team of Neil, Tom and Mark, which is where a lot of this information comes from. Tom has done a fantastic article on Madison uh, ahead of his uh, debut campaign for Spurs. So go check that article out if you want any of this uh, in more detail. So five years at Leicester then, uh, five Premier League campaigns for Madison, and it's been a very productive time. So 163 Premier League appearances for the Foxes, 43 goals and 39 assists. And 57 of those attacking returns have actually come in the last three campaigns. And 21-22 season was where he was at his peak. And the sustained form that he's actually been able to offer over a relatively, um, over relatively recent times is very encouraging. And so if we have a look at what he has achieved since game week, 13 of 21-22 season had a bit of a slow start to that campaign but since that point in time he has actually been a very reliable player whenever he has started so in that time 48 starts 21 goals 20 assists 32 bonus 290 FPL points and a stat here which is perhaps the one that's the most relevant points per start in FPL 6.1 which is actually really really nice for someone who is largely been a mid-price midfielder uh, in that time and so th the thing we've already said as well is that to be able to sustain this form uh, in a Leicester team that really just completely imploded on itself this season and dropped off a cliff is very impressive and of course it earned himself an England call-up as well which I think we can all agree was very well deserved the credentials for Madison are looking very, very good ahead of the new campaign. And I have to say, he is already on my FPL radar. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Now, 
Those of you who were placing bets on how long it would take me in this video to mention one Christian Eriksen, I can give you three minutes and 21 seconds. That's how long it took. Because that is very much the name that is on everybody's lips with this signing of James Madison, who appears to finally be the creative replacement that Spurs have needed for Christian Eriksen after several years uh, of him not being at the club. And so we're going to talk about his playing style now because there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, between those two players, between Ericsson and Madison. And so Madison has, has been used as a number eight um, off the right of a front three before as well, uh, in behind the striker as a number 10, uh, and that is probably where his best position is. You'd argue that's the same with Ericsson as well. But the interesting thing about Madison, and many of us will know this from having watched him, is he's quite unpredictable as well, uh, often attempting the opposite of what you'd expect and is always looking to create with lots of forward passes and being able to uh, operate with both feet relatively well. He hasn't doesn't have much speed or power, but he's very clever and he's got good technique and he's got good passing ability and that's how he makes things happen uh, in a team. And it has um, turned a lot of heads of some very impressive people, Gareth Southgate being one of them, who says, I like the fact that he finds those pockets of space. He turns, he plays forward, and not a lot of players play forward in this day and age. And someone who used to be uh, Pep Guardiola's assistant uh, at uh, Manchester City, uh, Juan Leo, said, one player I'm crazy about for England is James Madison. He's an authentic footballer, more of a street product than an academy product. Uh, he's, he's daring, he has nerve. A manager can tell him to do A, but if he believes B is the right option, he'll do B. I just love this. Any idea that comes into James Madison's head is 100 times better than any idea you will find at any coaching conference. And so all of this... Um, distills right down into Madison just being a very, very uh, exciting player to watch, to play alongside, and is one of the reasons why his, uh, he's very good at producing goals and assists. And statistically, he has been uh, one of the most dangerous Premier League midfielders of recent times. And so if we look at uh, the numbers from last season, he ranks eighth in his in his classification in FPR midfielders in terms of number of chances created with a total of 69 uh, and joint seventh for big chances created. And that's despite playing in this this Leicester team that really was very dysfunctional, uh, never really got things going, especially in the second half of the season and kind of got relegated with a bit of a damp squib. So to be able to produce those numbers in a team like that suggests that if you go into a better team, you're just going to go to a whole new level. And uh, Spurs very much have really have really needed that additional creativity. So those numbers are very encouraging for Spurs assets, for Madison himself. But he's not just a player who's going to pull the strings. As we all know, we've seen many, many times... Uh, him having a shot he loves to shoot and so 81 shots registered in 22-23 season which was seventh most amongst all FBL midfielders again the context of this Leicester team for him to get that high is very impressive and what we've got here is his shot map and so what you can see is that a lot of these shots are outside of the box again that's something we're very well aware of that he likes to shot outside the box but the the bubble, the little bubbles in green, they're the ones that are on target. And you will see there is a healthy number of shots on target from outside of the box. And that could be something that we, we potentially see uh, from Madison uh, also at Spurs as well. You can argue in a better team, is he going to have more uh, space to shoot? Is he going to get fed more uh, to, to shoot as well than he would in that Leicester team? So goals and assists very much a, a share of both seems relatively likely based on what we've seen on him uh, thus far. And also his set-piece involvement is also very important as well. So he loves a set-piece. He scored eight goals directly from free kicks uh, for Leicester. And in the most recent season, uh, only Trent Alexander-Arnold and James Ward-Prowse managed to produce more expected assists from set-pieces than him. And 
as I keep saying, as I keep repeating, he is going into a much better team than the one he's played in uh, last season, especially. And so you've got to expect that he can uh, really consolidate those numbers and maybe even finish the season top for XA from set pieces. So lots and lots of things to like about him. But I keep talking about this team that he's going into being better than the one he's left. So we should probably talk about Spurs and talk about the context with which uh, Madison is going to be working with. And it's all changed at Spurs. New manager uh, and uh, you know new signing as well in Madison. Possible that Harry Kane's going to leave. One thing we definitely know is that the playing style is going to be very, very different. If you were expecting more of Spurs to be playing very attritional football, sticking everyone behind the ball, sideways passes, trying to eke out a 1-0 win, then you have come to the wrong place, my friend, because you will not get that at Spurs this season. And if you want more information on uh, Postacoglu and what he's going to bring to Spurs, then check out our video uh, and podcast, depending on which platform you're accessing us on. Uh, full video and podcast on Postacoglu and how he's going to change Spurs and what he's going to bring to the table. And one thing that he has, until Madison was signed, you looked at the Spurs squad, what's the one thing that he was missing? And that is creativity. Madison is going to come in and he's going to transform that. So first things first, when you look at what else is available at Spurs, Madison is a sure starter, you would expect, every week. Because in terms of what is available in terms of central midfielders for Postacoglu right now, you've got Hjoiberg, you've got Bentancur, Skip and Basuma, all very much box-to-box defensive types. And interestingly enough, between the four of those players, collectively, their chances created stat for last season was just 59, which is actually 10 fewer than Madison managed on his own at Leicester, the team who got relegated. And so he is going to be the absolute key creator in that team. Now, where is he going to fit in in terms of the formation and positions? Well, Postacoglu prefers a 4-3-3. Uh, as I said, you can check out some more about what he likes in terms of formations in that scout report that we did on him. 4-3-3 is a, is a shape that Madison can fit into quite nicely. He's played it at Leicester. He's played it uh, for England as well. And so we could potentially see him as a bit of a number eight. But Postacoglu does sometimes like to shift towards a four-two-three-one. Sometimes in game, uh, when the team is when his team is in possession, and so we could see uh, a midfield three of Basuma, Bentancur, and Madison, with Madison in a sort of hybrid number eight, number ten role, which he could probably also do quite well as well. When we consider that he has played in a number of different positions for Leicester and for England as a number ten, as a number eight, sometimes out wide as well. So that shift to something different in possession is something he should be able to adapt to quite nicely. Postacoglu himself does like to have a number 10 um, and doesn't really necessarily mind where that number 10 plays in the sense that uh, someone who can play number 10 from the wings is someone that he's potentially interested in as well. And so, I mean, that's not not a traditional 10, but hopefully you get the analogy. Um, We've got a quote here uh, when he was at Celtic talking about how important it is to have a number 10. Um, And so he obviously is speaking about his Celtic team here, but really gives you an insight into what he's thinking of in terms of creativity. So if you look at our team now, I've got four to five wingers and they're all wingers, but they've all got different qualities. Some have speed, some are better on the dribble. Others are just great at getting on the end of things. So depending on who we play, it's about team selection. It's the same with the midfield dynamic. Do I need two more dynamic midfield players? Do I need two number 10s? Do I need an eight and a 10? I've tried to build teams where we'll play our 4-3-3, but then can look to... uh, can look so different depending on the 11 I put out there. That way we don't have to change too many fundamentals in terms of our approach, but having those players will mean that we change when we do change, it tweaks us just naturally. And so kind of uh, an extension there of what we were talking about in terms of the formation as well, that we could see Madison having to shift from one role to another in-game 
something that he's done before and something that hopefully um, can help him do well in FPL and help those around him. In terms of what else is relevant in that Spurs context then, Spurs themselves didn't have a very good season last time out. But as I've said, it's a clean slate there, in my opinion. And the fact that they didn't get European football, I think is a massive massive factor here because it's a bit like Chelsea they're going to have the opportunity to just focus on the Premier League when some of the other teams that are going to be competing for their sort of slots in the sort of 4th, 5th and 6th areas are going to be competing in those European competitions and potentially stretch thin in terms of uh, squad depth, injuries and everything is going to come into it. Spurs don't have to worry about that so that's that's another big advantage from Madison is that he should just be able to focus on the Premier League and that's it. Good season to really bed into the new club We've already talked about the attacking football that uh, Postacoglu is going to bring to the club. That's going to benefit Madison uh, as well. And we have to talk about those who are going to be around him too because with Kane, Son, Kuliszewski and Richarlison all around, they are players who, I was about to say, can stick their chances away. I know Richarlison hasn't done that historically for Spurs, but he has for Brazil and we've got a new manager who likes working with centre forwards. So, you know, I'd expect all of those players' numbers to get elevated by this new manager. Madison is just going to help consolidate that elevation even more, in my opinion. Kane, we don't know what's going to happen there. Do keep an eye on that throughout the rest of the summer. That's going to be a big blow if they lose him. Can they turn Richarlison into a new Harry Kane? Very difficult to say with confidence they can do that. But at the very least, whoever is left behind is going to have a very creative player behind them who is clearly more creative than all of the other central midfield players that they've got when you just look at how creative Madison was last season. So on paper, you could say Madison is the most likely player to assist whoever it is who's putting the Spurs goals away, with the exception of probably Son, who if he does stick with Kane, their partnership is, is of course, very, very uh, profitable. Now, we have to talk about price. I think that this is why I'm so excited about Madison, is that Son and Kane, if Kane is still there, they're, they're both going to be very, very expensive. You know, they're, they're going to be premiums. Son may have a bit of a drop-off, but is he going to drop down to the price we'd expect Madison to be? And we're sort of anticipating maybe 8 million, 8.5, if FPL towers are being a bit stingy, a bit Scrooge-like, could happen. But 8 million seems the most likely. And that's going to be a good million, 1.5 million, possibly even 2 million cheaper than Son. And so that right there is is very just worth being aware of if that happens. Game hasn't launched yet when I'm recording this. That is something that makes me quite interested in them because 8 million, much easier, of course, to factor in an 8 million midfielder into our FPL team than some of those premiums. And the other thing about Kane especially, again, if he's still there... I had him for large parts of last season. In fact, I had him all the way up to the World Cup and he had his best ever season. He did very, very well across the course of the whole campaign. But it was more from just the consistency of getting six, seven, eight points every week rather than necessarily exploding with the same explosiveness than as Haaland or Salah. And so I never really captained him because of the players I had around him who were a similar price point and much more explosive than him. And even though he continued to have a very good second half of the campaign, I got rid of him and spread the money around a little bit, and wow, I had a massive rank rise. I went from eight or rank, uh, yeah, well, grids, big green arrows. I went from 800k before the start of the world cup to finishing 10k. Now, there's other factors in that, but taking Kane out and spreading the cash around helped. And so, having Madison around as a potential third Spurs asset outside of Kane and Son, who, if he was just tickling along with six, seven, eight points every week on the same level that Kane was last year. And as we can see, he has been doing since game week 13 of the season before. 
you know, putting up 6.1 points per game. Getting that for an 8 million player is much more like palatable than getting that for an 11.5 million player that's really impinging your ability to to own other players in other areas. And so I do think that there is a there's going to be large portions of the season where Madison could be the go-to Spurs player. Now, where that's going to happen is largely going to depend on the fixtures and it's worth us looking at the fixtures now because there's a lot of things that are new at Spurs this year, which is probably going to make people a bit nervous to invest too soon. As I said, the Kane thing, and I'm just I'm obviously a broken record on this. We don't want, know what's going to happen there. So lots of things up in the air about Spurs. And so a good time to invest in Spurs could be game week three. And we've already covered this in some of our fixture videos, both in terms of who's got the best fixtures in the first six and the best time to wildcard or mini wildcard. I am looking at doing a mini wildcard in game week three, as I usually do, which is to roll my transfer in game week two. So that going into game week three, I can either make two changes for nothing or I can make three changes for a minus four. And that's quite useful. And that is actually conveniently when Spurs fixtures really start to brighten up. So game week one away at Brentford, not so much of a nice fixture these days. Man United at home game week two, very much the same thing. United uh, could uh, could have a good campaign this year. Uh, they're making good progress under Ten Hag. But game week three, that's when Spurs fixtures really look nice. So Bournemouth away, Burnley away, Sheffield United at home. Then Arsenal away game week six. There's going to be goals there. There always is in a North London derby. Uh, then at home to Liverpool in game week seven, which as far as I can see, shouldn't really be a red fixture for attacking players anymore because Liverpool's defence last season was pretty shocking. Then Luton away game week eight. Fulham at home game week nine. Crystal Palace away game week 10. So you could have a good look at game weeks one and two. See how Madison, Son and or Kane, depending if he's still there, get on in the first couple of game weeks and then jump on game week three. That seems to be where I feel like that's going to be when to do it. On the whole, I'm relatively confident about Madison having a good year. You know, he's at his peak, I think, in terms of uh, his his career. Uh, he's coming into Spurs at a good age as well, which is normally the age that he is, about 26, 27. Coming in, that's, that's when people are traditionally at their peak as a midfielder, into the England team now. So that's going to boost his confidence. And the thing is, he's just coming into this team to really be exactly what they need, a creative hub, there's going to be a lot of focus on him, and he's the sort of player that does enjoy a prominent role in open play, set pieces as well, allows him to sort of, you know, strut about the pitch with a bit of swagger. And yeah, I think when you compare that with some of the other mid-price midfielders in FPL for next season, I think I think the the chances are good. One last thing you can do to get yourself ready for game week one, uh, especially with the Spurs focus as well, is to keep an eye on that preseason. And so that is an opportunity for me to once again flog the Fantasy Football Scout preseason page, where all of the preseason friendlies will be tracked in uh, minute detail in terms of who's playing those games, how many minutes they're playing for, what position they're playing in, who's taking the set pieces, who's taking the penalties, who's scoring, who's getting assists. Absolutely everything. It's the only place where you're going to have all of that in one place. The preseason and minute spreadsheet will help you massively. Famously discovered Aaron Wambasaka and John Lundstrom when they were just 4 million defenders. And so if you're looking for the next version of those guys before your friends, that's the way to do it. And yeah, that, that is going to help you see how Madison is bedding into that Spurs team. And some of that is behind uh, uh, or is, is part of the Fantasy Football Scout membership as well. So make sure you head to the website and check out which of the packages is right for you and get one of those ahead of the new campaign so you can beat your mates in your mini league. And one of the reasons to do that, as I said, preseason minute spreadsheet. This year, I think it's going to count for more than ever before because the preseason games are looking quite tasty. And so Spurs, they are going to have a preseason friendly against West Ham later this month. Uh, then they are going to face Leicester. 
then Roma and Shakhtar Donetsk. And there's a lot of Premier League teams participating in big, high-profile preseason games in America, for example. And so with that sort of commercial pressure and the opportunity to test your best players against some really good teams in the preseason before game week one, I do think we're going to learn quite a lot about the Premier League teams this year, rather than necessarily see a string of players you've never heard of, get a ton of minutes and sort of, you know, become the fly in the ointment of you trying to work out what the best 11 is for each of these teams. So use that to your advantage. Keep an eye on the Fantasy Football Scout preseason page with the focus on Madison and Spurs in this particular video and podcast. Um, I think that that's a good place to, to work out what role he's having in that team and how how quickly he can have an impact on elevating that team to a level where you would expect if they had an insightful creator just like him. Now, I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't remind you guys to like this video, subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel and hit that bell notification as well. It's that time of year where there are no deadlines, so the best way to find out that there's more content for you to check out is to get that notification from YouTube uh, as well. And with that, I will leave you fine, folks, to enjoy the rest of your summer, and I will see you next time.